You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Life is full of amazing moments. Some make you laugh, some make you cry, and some are just downright brutal. I'm Rachel Burchett, and this is my Brutal Life. Hey, beautiful podcast listeners, and welcome back to another episode of My Brutal Life. And it's me and my co-host, Mr. JG. Word. Who was very <laughs> frustrated when I walked in today, but I think that's true. I think we've kind of kind of worked out the kinks. I'm keeping it balanced. You are. You're doing I'm good. Doing my best. You're doing good. You know, it, here's the deal. Without going through all the details, and I don't mind if if you want to do it, but ultimately. A lot of unexpected expenditures yes. to make sure my house doesn't crumble around me. Mm-hmm. The thing that has made me frustrated about it more than anything is we just got out of debt. Mm-hmm. And I don't have floating cash to to not get back into debt right. to solve my problems. And, and you it have just to fix that problem. Me. I have to. You have to. There's it's, no way around there's it. There's no way around it. It's a term I That's issue. one of the things, like, <clears throat> I didn't really have this, I guess it would be a fear, that a couple several weekends weeks ago several weeks ago my car window got broke out and we right, talked yeah, about that yeah. on the jeff plunkett podcast and when i boiled it down to that it was like all i saw was dollar signs and so when something like that happens right. and as a single woman right that's like one incident could just wipe the whole thing out mm-hmm. and uh and yes god faith believe and i'm like grateful i have a job and clients and clientele but yeah it rocks your world and it can send you into a tailspin very quickly, mm-hmm. but it'll get. Ta- and then people will say this: "It'll all be fine. Yeah. It's all." I love be that. Care Even of. the guys that I have to pay, <clears throat> and they're great folks. I mean, they are, and I know they're doing all they can to help me. But it's funny because they're just like, "Hey, man, don't stress it." And I'm like, I, you, <laughs> "Why don't you tell a woman to calm down and see what kind of result you get?" Because yeah, right, I'm right, pretty right, sure it's face. about the same. Well, I, yeah, I've had to like because in my line of work, because I do hair, mm-hmm. I don't get a raise. Which, by the way, your hair is looking great. I noticed it when I came in. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say, but I thank you. Yeah, and finally, great. I'm to that point where I can you're, fix you're it. You're pushing it back. I'm pushing you. it back, and I fix it with a hat. It's perfect. It's working great. It's perfect. Now, now I'm like, oh, do you realize how hard the last five months have been? <laughs> but anyway, I digress. What I was going to say is, hair. Jim, Jim wants you to cut his hair. Did he text you yet? Jim Bode. No, he, he said. He said, is Rachel taking new clients? Oh, And yes. I said, I mean, yeah, I yeah. think. I'm certainly for you because you're special. <laughs> I always take new clients. Absolutely. He's been so gracious through all this. And um, with Sean's passing, he, because he's walked that road, right. you know, and I'd get a text four weeks later. How you doing? This mm-hmm. is kind of when the, you know, those different feelings come in and he's been, He's been so, so gracious. But yes, I take new clients. But I don't Well, get Jim a, listens to the podcast. Oh, so Jim, Jim, you now call know. and make an appointment. You get my number from Jeremy. <laughs> but I don't get a raise in my business. Right. And people who are self-employed You want more money, raise. you work more, and then, then when you run out of hours, you've hit, yes. there it is. That's yeah. what you make. So you gotta work smarter. Yeah. So I have decided and have gotten my foot into the extension business. Mm the sewn-in extensions and so that, that will help a girl where a were lot. you four months ago <laughs> exactly <laughs> that would have saved me so much trouble <laughs> sewn in some extensions in your hair so that business will help a lot mm. in my world um and hopefully i won't have that fear mm-hmm. of when the bottom falls out so man but, that's the thing with life in general like my i did a conversations podcast for the first time in a couple months um earlier today and 
it's funny because our, our conversation really just revolved around the world falling apart because that's, you know, I like to talk about that. You know what that. Jack said today? Hmm. We were at uh, Best Buy and they had a little refrigerator that had those old, it was like 1970s, it was it was baby blue. Oh, with like the and latch? And it had those latch handles. Dude, that's cool. He literally said, I'd love to go back and live back when it was like in the He's 1970s. Right. I agreed with yeah. him. Yeah. I agreed with you. You know what's crazy? This is one of the things we talked about today. This generation, Jax's generation, up to our oldest boys' generation, yes. so we'll say 25 and younger, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that. I love that group. It's weird to me because I've always loved young adults, mm-hmm. right? But like that age group right now, when I say they're awesome, and this is kind of what we talked about, is this group of people, they are red pilled, but they're not red pilled in a conservative way. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get red-pilled because of their parents. Right. They got red-pilled because when someone told them there's 32 genders, they looked around and said, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> what? And then when they said, hey, you can't use this bathroom, and they're like, you're like, why? Well, because it's for, you know, whatever, whatever variation. Right. They're like, that's stupid. They literally, as a course of natural process, realized how dumb some things are mm-hmm. they do and i love that yeah i love that do. and listening to them talk about you know because i've been playing games, games with, with them, them and uh and i just love hang they're just fun they are fun. they're fun mm-hmm. if i wasn't you know unfortunately if i wasn't they 45 i'd be like can i come over and like hang out with yeah, you guys because it's fun. fun sometimes um jacks will have a bunch of mobile bunch of mobile they played a uh, Texas Hold'em the other night. Oh man, I tear them up. I know, I was so reminiscing. And Adam and I will just sit there and watch them and hang out with them and they're funny and their conversations. Did are... you see my topper ice when you I walked I did, by? I saw that. I was like, hey, we should do I it. I saw that, so they, uh, they're probably not very good, but. That's even better. But they they were fun. <laughs> they're fun to hang out with, they're yeah. fun to listen to. And plus, Jack's being on the younger end, they're still moldable. And right. you can still kind of put some some handprints on them but well and they're here's the other cool thing to me they they really realize they have to work for what they get yeah like they mm-hmm. they feel that mm-hmm. weight to some degree yeah. you know it's a, it's different yeah. than i would say gen xers but it's similar yeah and yeah. um i don't know man here here's the weird thing typically when you look at generations it's the every others are connected well mm-hmm. so you have the baby boomers you connected well with gen xers yep and then, or no, sorry, not baby boomers, uh, the greatest generation, the ones mm-hmm. before the baby boomers, connected with Gen Busters. Xers. They busted. <sighs> no, they were literally called the greatest generation, which is <laughs> like so- the greatest showman. <laughs> well, if they would have named themselves, I would have said they're totally full of themselves, <laughs> but somebody else named them. Um, but it's the World War II generation, mm, right? Like mm-hmm, your your dad mm-hmm. would fr- fall into that for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he would be on the younger side of that. Um, but in any case, usually those, it's the every other, right? We basically think of a grandparents and grandkids yeah. connectivity. Yeah. But with the 20 somethings, that's not the case. They are just, again, it's, it's, it's an anomaly. They're just awesome. I love them. And I haven't met really too many at all that I think suck. And that mm-hmm. surprises me yeah. because they're dude, really cool. They are they're really cool. Yeah. And the pack that Jared runs with and Jax runs with, they all have sites on the future. Exactly. They all have sites on the future. Yeah. A lot of them have signed and a lot of them have worked hard on their skills and Jax is going to the fire academy and um, Is he? He is. That's awesome. He is. He's at EOC. Does he listen to this podcast? I'll I'll make him. You want to talk to him? Hey, Jax, dude, I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. Like for real. Not because you're going to that. I'm just proud of you in general. And I want to tell because now this is just for him. Everybody else just turn <laughs> off or tune out for a second. But all of 
Gabe and Noah and all of that group mm-hmm. speaks so highly of you. Yeah. Proud of you, kid. Yeah. They have a handprint on him. Yeah. He's a good kid. And they have been through, speaking of my kids, and you brought up my dad, I wanted to touch on that. My dad, in this last week, I'm sure you saw the Facebook post, he passed away mm-hmm. on, um, I think it was November the 12th. Yeah. On November the 12th. And um, we'll have a service on his birthday. That's cool. January 2nd on his birthday. And in February of this year, I he had gotten COVID on his birthday of mm. this year, on February, January 2nd. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right there. <laughs> and it put him in the hospital. You know, he had had a stroke. And so he, he seven, seven years ago. But COVID put him in the hospital. And he was going through all the COVID things. He mm-hmm. had the COVID cough and everything was shutting down. And we got him home and we actually thought he would pass away sometime in February. Mm-hmm. Well, I was at my mom's house the day he came home from the hospital and I was talking to Jason Abshire and we, he, we, I was just giving him an update on my dad and he said, you know, Rachel, I know you'll understand this. He said, but my prayer is that God will let you be there when he transitions. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be, a very, it'll be a beautiful thing for you. Well, my word for the year is beautiful. And I've hung on to that, and I've hung on to that, and I've hung on to that. And I, got, I talked to my mom on the Friday before he passed away, on Friday the 12th. And she, to me, talked an unusual amount of time. We spent like 45 minutes to 55 minutes on the phone. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I think you should call her best friend of like 60 plus years. Her name's Nene. Had, her husband had passed away. Isn't that a dance? It, the Nene. <laughs> Yes. I don't think I know how to do it. Uh, I know how to do it. You do. And uh, if this was a video podcast, I would treat our viewers to the nay day. But right now, so have anyway, to use your imagination. my mom calls her her friend Nene, and Nene and her granddaughter. Next thing I know, are on a plane flying out. Mm. Well, Nene was here with my mom um, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and then she stayed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and flew home Friday morning the day my dad passed away, and. Watching those two women, it was literally like Naomi and Ruth. Because mm. um, Nene's husband had passed away the year before. He was 90-something years old. Wow. Hospice care and everything. So um, I took off work Thursday. We spent the night Thursday night at dad's at mom and dad's house. Friday morning, you know, he's we were kind of up through the night with him. Um, Friday morning... Um, we get up and we're all, you know, just kind of talking. We're still laughing and talking, you know, and mom's tending to him. And um, Jackson's semifinal game was at three. I needed to leave the house by 4.30. And the day's rocking along and he's still with us. He's, you can tell the, you know, think that the transition is coming. And uh, hospice did a wonderful job at telling us what to expect and all this stuff. And so, to me, this is just this is my story and how I felt like I, the day was rocking down, and I kept thinking, "God, you know, I have to leave. <laughs> it's my son's semifinal game. I, but I, I will be here. I'm not leaving. But God, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of having this little argument with him. Mm-hmm. And um, about three o'clock in the afternoon, his room. We're all in his room. It's me, my sister Becky, and Danielle, and my mother." So the room gets unusually kind of warm, huh. and we're just kind of around his bed. 
And I look at the clock, and it was 3.13, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, He will pass at 3.16. And then I heard John 3.16, hmm. for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, which is the pinnacle of Ray Smith's life, mm -hmm. you know. And um, and so we're just watching him in at 3.16. Wow. He took his last breath. And it was this trifecta of emotion of joy and relief and sadness, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, of course, we're crying, and my sister just really kind of goes to joy hit her, and just the joy that he's not in pain anymore. Sure, and, yeah. But um, it was a beautiful transition, mm. watching that and um, being there. And, of course, you know, anybody who knows my dad, you know, there's always a story to be told. And so, but, yeah, so they'll, their service uh, his service will be January 2nd. Not sure what time, but it'll be at the church they attended, um, which I said, <laughs> Live Christian East slash East Point slash, slash The Rock. Rock yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah mm. it was a, it was, it's been, then I think after that, because <clears throat> we had, we had scheduled to do this every Monday. Right. And then the last two weeks, I didn't do it. It hit me. I think everything for the year hit me. And it just, I was wiped mm -hmm. out for about, well, then I had to play catch up at work, you know. Yeah. But my mom is doing well, you know, just this has been, navigating the new normal. You you know, 2020 was talked about, everyone couldn't wait to leave 2020. I made a post, I think, sometime in November mm -hmm. of 2020. It said, there is absolutely zero evidence that 2021 will be any better. I remember that. I've pinned it now at the top yep. of my Facebook page. I remember that. But, um, what I found interesting, what, what I've observed in 2021. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, I knew nobody who died from COVID. Uh -huh. um, in 2021, however, um, I've been aware of several people who've died yeah. from COVID in the hospital. And I actually think they died from something different, but that's for a different podcast. Right, right, right. Check out Scatter Shooting at StreamGrace.com <laughs> if you want to hear the conspiracy <laughs> theories. But um, but what has happened like with uh, with Johnny, Mm -hmm. His family has experienced a tremendous amount of loss. You mm -hmm. have experienced a tremendous amount of loss. Yes. Um, and I think we're, we're going to look back at 2021 and we're going to see that. Mm -hmm. We're going to see how many people lost a loved one close to them yeah. and multiple loved ones. Yeah. I mean, most people, it's it's rough when they lose two people close to them in a year. That's uncommon. That's yeah. at least your story, right? Yeah. And I'm not missing anybody that well, I'm aware of, right? Well, three, within three years, just Dwight passed away. Right, well, right, and right. And then Sean and then my dad. Yeah. Right. And so... Um, three and two years, or three and... I forget. Well, two and one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With Johnny, I believe their family has lost six people in the last oh six months. Golly, jeez. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and, and my count could be wrong, but it's yeah. to that point where right. you're just like, dear right. Lord. Right. And and they have they have been awesome. Mm -hmm. um, Johnny lost his mom, and one of the things that she, she didn't ever word it like this, but this was uh, kind of a lesson that mm -hmm. she would say in some form or fashion. I'm, of course, I'm paraphrasing a paraphrase, but essentially it was you, you really, your faith is um, exemplified based on how you handle someone passing. passing. Mm -hmm. um, and... And he keeps talking to me about how he just sees that wow. so often, you know, he's yeah. reminded of it so yeah. often. And it's, 
it's just been, I, I see people and I am an empathetic person, as you know. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm around people who are feeling what I feel, what people you feel around me, people's feelings. Right. Yeah. And so like, I've carried so much of that too. Mm-hmm. And yet on my end, I never gripe or complain because dear mm-hmm. Lord, it's not my loss, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I totally understand yep. what they're feeling yep. and it just hurts and it sucks. It's and deep. It is. And, but you know, it's funny. I've, I've dealt with loss in my own life. Um, in a very, I, I remember, uh, do you remember Roger Dunn? Yes. Yeah. So Roger. I do. That was a oh, oh, it was terrible. Accident. So when I was in youth group mm-hmm. at Life Christian slash mm-hmm. East Point slash La Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was at Life Christian. Um, when I was in youth group there, um, Tammy Dunn yes. and um, uh, Stephanie. Yes, yeah, Stephanie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tammy and Stephanie uh, were in the youth group and their, their brother, mm-hmm. um, uh, Roger, who was li- living with his mom in Las Vegas, came to stay with his dad. I remember. Mm-hmm. And he was, a, I, I liked Roger a lot. And some of the other guys in the youth group, they, you know, it reminds me of dogs sniffing each other, you know. Mm-hmm. There's that <laughs> sense of like, who is this guy? He's from like Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I always, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I was wired a little differently, but I just found myself in a situation where I liked the guy and he reminded me of a friend I had named Kirk when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So I connected with him pretty quick. Anyway, so we became friends. I was actually out of youth group. I was working because um, I remember getting the call that he was in an accident overnight and that he was in the hospital. It was and, in Edmond on 2nd Street, wasn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. He yeah. got hit by a broadsided yeah. by a big dump yes. truck, if I'm not, mm-hmm. or not dump truck, a trash truck, yep. I think. And uh, so... Anyway, he, he ended up passing. And I remember um, specifically being at the funeral and some of these guys that were less than cordial to him mm-hmm. were dealing with massive regret, mm-hmm. right? Like they were so heavy weighted mm-hmm. with the way they mm-hmm. treated him. I had zero regret. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was sad uh, that I lost my friend, but like, I felt like, you know, hey, good, you're going, yeah. you're in heaven. So here's tying this together. So after I got into ministry full time from that time frame, I went into full time ministry, and I kind of realized that man, I'm not going to see a lot of these people that I've seen every Sunday. I'm not going to see probably till heaven. Mm-hmm. Not because they're dead or I'm dead, but we're just not going to see each other. Right. And so I started looking at death like that, you know. So when I'd lose somebody, I'm like, well, it's like changing churches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, a lot easier. It's one person. Right. Whereas changing churches, I'm losing 50 right. or 100, right. you know, because a lot of them, yeah, the churches are large, but a lot of them I'll still keep in contact right. with just for various reasons. But, um, you know, trying to find that balance of people I had good relationship with, but still won't see. It's just kind of yeah. weird. But in any case, um, so I've, I've dealt with death like that, mm-hmm. even with my grandmother, who was the closest person to me to ever pass. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I hated it. I, I was able to... Uh, I like uh, back up. I hated it, but the thing is, like, I knew it was coming. Yes. And I remember thinking, any day now, I'm going to get this call, and it's going to be from my mom saying, "Hey, your grandma's mm-hmm. passed." Ironically, and that call never came. Um, the call came from my either my grandma <laughs> directly, or possibly my grandpa, or maybe it was my mom. But it was, "Hey, grandma's in the hospital," mm-hmm. or "I'm in that whatever." Mm-hmm. So. Uh, when I went up to see her and they said she's going to hospice and she's going to pass like she was very cognizant of it yeah. and I got to sit and talk with her Yeah. and I remember I, I literally got about 20 minutes alone with my grandma a few mm-hmm. days before she passed and 
may have been one of the few people that got any alone time with, with her. her and had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. My last conversation I had with my dad, I was trying to recall that on the way over here. Um, he, he got to where he was, he'd kind of, he loved to tell stories. He was always telling a story, but then he'd kind of interrupt. So I thought I'm going to get him focused. Mm. And I said, daddy, tell me what your favorite book of the Bible is. Now, what would you think he would say? Well, by default, anybody who knew Ray would say revelation. I, th- I totally thought that's what he was going to say. Yeah. Blew my mind. He said, Ruth. Wow. And I went, I just leaned in. And I, I, my jaw Which, by dropped. the way, my grandma's name is Ruth. Go ahead. And it's my favorite book of the Bible. Isn't that great? Yeah. And <laughs> Naomi, Nene, and my mom reminded me of Ruth and Naomi. Right. And I said, why, Daddy? And he said, because you never see God, but God is always there. Mm. And I was like, Dad, that's exactly... I, I so call profound. it. The, yes, you never see God, but God was always there. Right. They never went to church. They never, you know... Ruth said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Mm-hmm. They just... God's, I said, it's the providential hand of God. It's the, I call it the invisible hand of God that just leads. And that's how I felt like my life has been. And then we just, daddy, what's your favorite character of the Bible? You know, and he would, he would name different ones, but I will treasure. And then I have saved some voicemails because he Mm. was notorious for, he would call, call us up and say, Hey, I got a, I got a scripture for you. Hey, or the Lord wants me to tell you something Mm. or wants me to prophesy over you. And, regret that I have is that I didn't keep more of those. Mm, I would jot sure. them down every once in a while, but he did it. My dad, I was having this conversation with my sister and I said, you know, all through all of us in our family, we've gone through so much. And it wasn't like we would go tell my parents what we were going through. Right. But one of the things I will always treasure about my dad is any morning you would find him out on the back patio with his Bible and his cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And you would sit there and you'd have a co- conversation with him. And he's going to tell you what he was studying or reading. And I told my sister Becky, I said, it was so funny as dad, we never told dad our problems, but he was always telling us the answer. Mm, that's he was good. Always telling us the answer, Yeah, which was his relationship with God and people and his word. We, he never said, Oh, you need to go do this or you need to follow this. Or, none of that but he always told us the answer. Mm. And I will never, I will not, and I've said the next house I live in will have a back patio because I love sitting on the back porch Mm -hmm. and having coffee and that is my tranquil space. Would you like to buy this house? Because it will be completely free of termites soon. (laughs) You're putting all the hard work in. I know, but those those are the things I, I don't have any regrets with the passing of the one my loved ones in the past um and i made sure of that you know with with each one um my dad i but i've after it was all over and i got home and kind of everything kind of settled down i told adam i said i'll i'll feel it later and it did it hit my body Mm -hmm. and it my joints begin to ache my back began to hurt i wasn't sleeping and i i'd wake up and he'd say you you okay and i'm like i just miss him mm-hmm. i just miss him and i didn't i didn't expect that yeah i didn't expect that because i knew he'd lived a full robust life mm-hmm. and he'd witnessed to everyone god put in his path and i just missed him yeah. you know and 
and I don't think I've missed somebody like that yeah. ever. Um, and and it'll just get it'll catch me at the weirdest times, and I'll just start crying. And mm. like I had a girlfriend call me today who I hadn't talked to in a while, and she said, "How you doing?" And I just lost it. <laughs> I just lost it. Like don't ask. Yeah, I was gonna like, but she's somebody yeah. I can honestly say. I'm not good right now. Right. You know, I don't have to say that. Oh, Just for the okay. record, you always need to lie to me. I know. Okay. I'll always lie to you because there are going to be massive amounts of tears. <laughs> Where's Lori? Uh, Give me Lori. Right. <laughs> so, but, hmm. so we're, pro- we're planning his, um, his life transition service, memorial service. You know, me and my brothers and my sisters have been talking and talking to mom and, and, uh, you know, just how do you display somebody's life like that that really lived as not a storybook life as far as fairy tale but their whole life was built on stories yeah i mean do you have a favorite memory of ray my dad i i, I have a very <laughs> a crazy memory of Ray. yes you do absolutely yeah. it, i tell this story like crazy i don't you tell do? i do and it's funny because it's not um at first, it doesn't put him in a good light, but it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he was very bold. Right, and that's where very it comes bold. down to. It comes down to who he, you know, just his, mm-hmm. uh, what's the right word? Um, conviction stuff. Yes. So so me and Jeff were, I think it, you know the story. About, yeah, because yeah. we were in Fort Worth. And I love the end result of this yeah. for both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Your dad's response was beautiful, uh-huh. and that's why I loved it. Mm-hmm. Because anybody else would have, I think, been a little different. But Jeff and I were, were doing a Wednesday night service, and um, Jeff Plunkett, and he was just on the podcast. Yeah, like, he was. Last episode, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. So we were both speaking, and I don't remember how it worked out, but we were Something talk- about the disciples. Yeah, we were talking about the disciples, and he called the disciples idiots. Yeah. <laughs> And what he said was the disciples were idiots before the Holy Spirit. Like, right. And he was just, he made his point. And so your dad, I think it was the following Sunday morning, your dad came up to me and he said, hey, I have a problem with what you guys were saying. As some effect made of that. blood boil probably oh, calling the disciples Exactly. Idiots, and that's yeah. what he basically said is, you know, he he got on to, um, to that yeah. point. And I said, well, well, first off, Ray, I didn't say that. <laughs> Jeff said that. And... And I said, I, I looked at him, I said, do you love me? Yeah. And he said, well, of course I do. And I said, well, that's not what I'm getting right now. Oh. And here's the thing that amazed me because I don't know how old he was then, mm-hmm. but to me, Ray has always been 90. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but here's what amazed me is he said, of course I do. And I said, when I said I wasn't getting that, he said, he immediately stopped in his tracks and, and changed his attitude oh. and loved me oh and i i mean this was in the foyer right before church yes. was starting and i remember i was just so impressed mm-hmm. and it made a massive impression on me and so when i tell that story i tell it for two reasons the first one is i tell people to communicate how you're being how you feel when yeah. someone's communicating with yeah. you because yeah. that's important yeah the second one is is exemplifying what your dad did, Mm -hmm. which was hearing what I'm saying back and instantly changing his approach because he did. And here's the thing, the thing that was amazing to me about this, and and maybe I say amazing, it was amazing, but I think what people don't do often is it pulls, what I saw is his actual authentic, 
Jesus relationship because when he heard how it made me feel what he was saying, because I said to him, I think one of the same statements I said is when you talk to me, I feel like you want me to fail. Mm. And, and that's it. He changed. He turned on a dime. How many people his age would do that? No. And so I'm so impressed with, I have a couple of people in my life, my mom and dad, and then one couple others that are about that age group that blow me away. Yeah. That could be so stuck in, what we grew up in in the 80s and 90s. But when I sit and really watch them, they really exemplify the Father's heart. Yeah. What has been the highlight of, of Stream Grace Network is like we talk about loving people like God loves people, yeah. having the heart for the Father for people. And my parents just did that so well. Right. They did that so from my perspective. Now I'm the youngest of four, so from my perspective, you know. <laughs> They, they did that so well. And I think that is one of the hooks that kept pulling me through my life mm-hmm. as I had to work my way through the church and church organization and church business and what I call the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And is one, my parents really knew who they were. Right. They knew who they were. They had evolved mm. from, my mom was married at 16, my dad, you know, 15, my dad was four years older, to, moving out here to Oklahoma and then just watching them navigate. Now, I mean, I could sit around and tell you everything my mom and dad and all the siblings have been through would probably blow your mind. But watching my parents really, really, like really, really walk the house and pray. Mm -hmm. Walk, I I remember waking up at times with my dad's hand on my forehead and him praying for us. Mm. Never to let him know I was awake. (laughs) That would creep me out. (laughs) I just just literally imagined that. But I imagined it. Your dad now and me being 45. (laughs) I'd be like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Wait a minute. But that's how I grew up. Yeah. That's how I grew up. And um, it... And when you grow up like that, sometimes it's like, oh, here we go, you know, right. here you go again, you know. But, but today, oh, exactly. today I'm so grateful for that. And every one of us, all four of our kids, and then our kids, and then now there's great grandkids, have that thread of the heart of the father in yeah. them. And but like I said, I think I, I think it was the, one of the second podcasts I did on on yours. I mm-hmm. talked about my parents. Yeah, and they they actually sat down at home and read their Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The impact that people make on their kids, it's funny because isn't it weird the things that you remember? Mm-hmm. You know, I I think this is what's so crucial about why, why we need to be aware of what we do and who we are at all times. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> a great, uh, Nate Burgetsky is one of my favorite comedians on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on Netflix and he tells his story, he, uh, kind of talking about this, but he said, you know, uh, I can't remember, it was To Catch a Predator or something. They, I don't know. One, one of those movies growing up, or television shows when we were growing up where they would, true crime stories or okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he said, he never watched it, but he said, it's affected his life dramatically because when he was walking through the room one day, all he saw was a intruder, and it's a reenactment, of uh-huh. course, on TV. It's an intruder 
and he's touching the feet of the person in the bed. This is his only memory of it. And he said, today, I still burn up because I refuse to sleep with my feet outside of the covers. And How things change you. Exactly. Yes. And I, I had these memories. I never watched The Exorcist growing up, <gasps> except I saw one scene walking through a room. And the same with Carrie. Mm-hmm. And both of those things had stuck with me. I mean, I can see them today. Yes. And I think about, you know, simple things like with our kids and perspective. When I talked to Gabe and Noah, who were 22 and 21 respectively, about what they remember. Yeah. And then, you know, Jacob's going to be 11 here in a few days. Um, and realizing how much stuff, one, that I can't go back and fix that he's already experienced. And then two, how important it is that he doesn't feel dejected all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's hard for me to have days like today and homeschool him and, and him maybe not pick up some memory of, right, of, of his your dad. Frustration. Exactly. Yeah, your frustration. It's so funny you brought up the exorcist because my mom, <laughs> my mom basically was like you. Freaking Linda Blair, I swear. Yes. That woman. <laughs> I, I, but those pictures yeah. are like imprinted on my brain. And my mom and dad, you, do you remember the era in church where you like backward masking oh, yeah, and yeah. all that, you know, horror yeah, I was a proponent of burning, burning CDs. CDs. Yeah, I was like, yes, get rid of the like secular that. music, brother. <laughs> yes, so I knew it was forbidden to watch <laughs> scary movies and still to this day, I don't do it. Well, I was at a girlfriend's house. I didn't even know what The Exorcist meant. Because at the front of the box, it was just at Blockbuster and the VHS, you know? Right. You look behind and see if the VHS tape was there. Right. It's just a, a man standing under a light pole. It says Exorcist. <laughs> is I that what it was? It is, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. And a street lamp. I, I saw it on lamp. HBO. It was uh, it was an HBO thing. But go ahead. So. I literally watched it with my thumbs in my ears and my forefingers <laughs> over my eyes. eyes. So you didn't watch it. You just I, I, I felt screened it. it. It was like through the right. screen. Like, Isn't that weird? A glare somehow makes it not bad. Like I remember squinting where you barely see anything and I'm all like of a sudden. kind of disobeying. Yeah, it's like, well, and the jump scare doesn't affect you as much. Why? I still physically see what's happening. Yeah, but I watched it and I it, it messed me up. I mean. I honestly believe that's where Spirit of Fear came in. Mm-hmm. Not because of the movie. Right, well, because sure. Because I, I disobeyed my mother. And yeah. I had to go back and like clean that up years later. In mm-hmm. fact, me and my sister were just talking about this. Like I I had a f- heart-gripping fear to mm-hmm. stay by myself because of that movie. And then several, you know, little things that had happened along, you know, shoots from that movie. But, and I, I was like, no, I'm going to conquer this. You know what's crazy? Like, think about if, if you grew up outside where there was no, like, if you never saw TV anything, mm. right? Like, because, I mean, even now, there are moments, and it's pretty rare, but I'll walk through my house when it's dark, mm-hmm. and I kind of like, Ooh, and I look behind <laughs> me like, what's going on? And I think to myself, I only have, it's not from personal experience mm-hmm. of someone jumping out behind me, grabbing me. It's some image, yeah. yes, yeah. and some something that was projected because uh-huh. of pixels on a screen. Yeah, and somebody's imagination. Yes. But, but that's another thing I remember about my dad. My dad was notorious for ma- for scaring us. He loved to make us jump. <laughs> it's pretty great. Oh, my God. <laughs> in general, it's funny. If whatever was in my mom's hands, she was going to throw it. Yeah. I mean, it was going to get thrown. <laughs> she still jumps today when her phone rings. Oh, wow. And it's like... It's painful to watch her jump. <laughs> You're like, I, why does like, that scare you? You can put it on a whisper, Mom. Right. You, but no, she will jump every time it rings. Like, you should get immune to that ring. Right. Well, no, every time she jumps. But oh. yeah, but that I remember, you know, he, he loved to make us. And then 
he'd love to scare us or make us jump and then summer's out by the pool mm. he was he loved to have water fights there was music he was a dancer my dad loved to dance in fact we were going through pictures and i told my sister i said we should have a dance at his oh, service wow. because i found so many pictures of him dancing at melissa's wedding danielle's wedding um, where there was one recently where i saw him dancing. it was, was danielle's that? wedding okay he um one thing she wanted for her wedding was she was like mom i don't want an empty dance floor and i was like on it we can make that happen <laughs> and he got out there i think it was twist and shout or something like that <laughs> and uh he got out there and my mom got out there mm. which my mom she, she'd admit she can't sing and she can't carry a beat you know mm -hmm. in fact she'll tell a story when she sings the grandkids will put their hand over her mouth she, <laughs> stop it yeah but she danced and we all danced around him and um but yeah he he did the grandpa shuffle and he mm. he loved music and he loved to dance and he loved to have a good time mm -hmm. always laughing always laughing so i found out um thursday which was thanksgiving uh -huh. found out that i i can tap dance what <laughs> i mean i'm not saying i'm good how did you discover well that? here's why i say i discovered it <laughs> i mean i can stand up and make my feet make do you sound. like to dance i i like to dance for the comedy i do not like to dance okay I like i don't make the face do you know what i'm talking oh, about the face i make the face yeah well my of dad, course my dad made the face most make people the face. make the face yeah, we make the face the face it can only be described as i am amazing <laughs> my moves are about to change your world in a profound way watch me go right that that face i don't make that face my face is more of the um the i'm as surprised as you are that i'm moving this quickly that's the that's the face that i make exactly yeah see this is why we got to make it a I video podcast because i mean i'm sitting there going, it's just a big old grin on my face like i can't believe me. this is happening either and it's it's right on the verge of just cracking up laughing but we were playing um after everybody left for thanksgiving which we had a great thanksgiving by the way um meaning just it was it was chill yeah. and it was it was great anyway uh, but everyone kind of left at like three. Wow. Which, yeah. I mean, it was. Um, you ate early then, did you eat at noon? Yeah, we ate yeah. at noon, which is late for me yeah. because I eat lunch at 1030 or 11 every day. So this one o'clock Thanksgiving bull crap lunch, <laughs> no, uh not at my house. It's noon. Get here at noon. And we actually probably didn't eat till 1230. But. Um, but it was cool because, and I'll get to the dancing here in a second, but what made it really cool is like most Thanksgivings that I've been a part of my entire life, you walk in and if lunch is at one, everyone is still frantic at 1255 yeah. trying to get everything together, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Lori and I was about 1145, maybe 1130. Nobody had arrived yet. My mom was the first one to arrive. Um, and we were sitting, everything was ready. Oh. It was chill and and not for nothing, but a big part of that is my leadership. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can build a team. Build I a mean, team. <laughs> it's so funny because there, there's points I just get into this mode of, all right, so what time we want to, okay, in order to accomplish a task, this is what we need to do, right? And I'm, of course, I'm nowhere near as explanatory when it's my Them. family. Yeah. I'm just like, Joel do Sergeant. this. Joel Sergeant. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Lori and I, neither one liked to rush. And so it was really great to be able to sit down and wait for people to come. I right? can see that. Yeah. So, so that was awesome. 
But after everybody had left, we were playing Christmas music all mm-hmm. through Thanksgiving, right? And some Bing Crosby song came on, some, yeah. something like that. And so I'm just like, start a dance. And I'm just sitting there, start tap dancing. Cause I just you and Lori? Yeah, just me and Lori Aww. and Jacob. And uh, and uh, my I noticed my feet could make a tap sound. <laughs> so I just start tapping to the music, man. And I mean, I danced the whole song long. And it's fun because Jake... The minute he sees me dancing, that is license, and not just license, that is encouragement, license, and absolute, like, you must get up and start dancing with me. But he goes into, you know, dance moves that he's learned on TikTok or something. So I'm I'm doing that, and he's making the face. Oh, he's got the face. He's got the face. He he definitely has the The face. The dance floor face. And Lori just, she'll look at me, and it starts simple. You remember Happy Feet? Oh yes, the, the cartoon. Yes. So that's how all my dances start. It's just one foot tapping to the beat, and then it just starts moving, and it just builds and builds and builds. So yeah. Oh, that, we had a great Thanksgiving. We went to my mom's on Saturday, or on Friday, Friday, and it it's littles running around everywhere. Yeah. Littles running around everywhere. Carter's side shooting people with the dart gun, you know, and we it was frantic you know there's food everywhere there's kids everywhere and uh, we're smoking turkeys and frying turkeys we're smoking weed i mean turkey i just had some stutter on that word right smoking and frying turkeys in the back and everybody we get done eating about it was late probably around three by the time you sit around and talk and then we played um extreme charades have you ever played that no oh my gosh it it was we all we were all coupled up so we all played and we had yeah so extreme charades i'm not even going to get it right but it, you have to name a person place and thing on a piece of paper mm. so on one piece of paper person place or thing and then the first round you can try to explain it mm-hmm. and then everything goes back in the bowl and then the next round you have to act it out and then the next round you have to just say one word oh wow and so and you pass the hat into but we laughed and of course you're playing with adult people who and and they're and you can write anything down Ah. you can write anything down and you pull it out and go cartagena (laughs) would be what i would put yeah i mean there was some crazy i can't even say what some of them put down i imagine and you have to just say we have a yeah, we'll keep pushing it. <laughs> we we had a good Thanksgiving. It was lots of fun, lots of laughter, and um, just ugh, just deserved yeah. for the year that we've had. So. You know what game I love to play? What? Secret Hitler. What? I know. Is that the murder Mr. Card game? Yeah, it is a card game. It's like Mafia. Yeah. Which is what a lot what of the younger folk, well, the young they, adults. Uh, they all yeah. played that. So Secret Hitler is is kind of like that. It's really odd. It was a Kickstarter or a, a Go-Go or what? Mm-hmm. I don't know all the different fund me to build special devices. That was things like a are. lot of words. I know. I. <laughs> you guys can rewind and play it again and see if you can decipher it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's it was a it was a Kickstarter game, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So it was like, hey, we have this idea for a game, fund it, blah blah blah. Really cool game. You can play with like up to ten people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot like Mafia, but it's just so neat. And uh, the downside is, here's what I love playing it with Christians, <laughs> and <laughs> I really do because in order to be, if you're on the bad team, like so, you divvy out cards at the front of the game, uh-huh. and it's div- and it's you're either a fascist or a liberal uh-huh. and uh if you're a fascist basically you have to lie the whole game or you're 
gonna so this lose. Is a real game. It's a real game. I'll show it to you when we get done. Um, you have to lie the whole time, or you're going to um, you're going to lose. So the the goal here is for the liberals to find and kill Hitler. Okay. The goal of the fascists is to get Hitler elected chancellor. Holy moly! Or, um, well, that's just the basic goal. There's more to it. I'm not going to explain the whole game, but. It's funny because I, when I explain to new people when they're playing, I say this. If you're a liberal, because you divvy out these cards at the beginning, uh-huh. nobody knows. You, it's random, uh-huh. right? So if you're a liberal, the one thing you need to remember is never lie. There is never a reason to lie. Never, ever, ever, ever lie. But no matter how clear I am about that. They're going to lie. They lie. They lie. And there's no reason to lie. You are the good guys, and you are trying to find the bad guys. So no matter what comes up in the game, don't Don't ever lie. That's just a good life rule. It is a great life rule. (laughs) But why I love playing with Christians is because when they're fascists, and their whole role is they have to lie because you want to convince everybody Uh you're a liberal, (laughs) is they just can't. Can't They get so confused Because I think plenty of them lie all the time. Right, Don't get me right, wrong. Right, right, right. But this is such a blatant one that it's not the normal, well, I uh, I kind of, yeah, I think that looks great on you. It's not one of those lies. No, it's a, you look at them, you say, are you a fascist? No. <laughs> oh, so you're a fascist. <laughs> and their eyes are rolling. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's just so funny to watch, and especially the first couple times, because, you know, it, it's fun to play. It takes about one round, really just takes one round to get the hang of it. Yeah. But it is just so funny. We played this other game, and I don't know what it was called, but it was we all had these little white uh, dry erase boards, and you'd pull a card out, and it would just say, like, top, and then you had to write down what you thought the next word would be. And so then you have, you know, like, well, there was, like, ten of us, and then if we match, we got a point. Oh. And so... <laughs> like top dog, for yeah. example. So the word was pot, and then you just had to... Kettle. Okay, so I put luck, mm. but then they were pot shaw. I mean, everybody else around the table was that generation we just talked about. Right. It was pot shop, pot whatever. Right. You know, and <laughs> Adam looks at me and went, "You're so churched because I put pot luck." Pot luck, exactly. <laughs> and nobody put pot luck. That's so funny. <laughs> or you'd be top, and I would say, uh, somebody would say top shelf or. Of course, there's dudes topless, or you know, <laughs> right. and and I was like, top notch. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, oh Lord, have mercy. I know. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, just laughing and chatting. And um, if you've enjoyed it, share it. Um, go to Stream Grace Network to enjoy many podcasts like this, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.